The work of Lottie, Sally, and Martha changed China, but it also changed the way the church saw the work of women in missions. But none of this could have happened without the efforts of the people back home who were raising money. And one of those people was a woman named Annie Armstrong. Welcome back to the Church History Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Siemens. This is our last episode in our four-part series on four women that helped shape the missionary work in China and the way mission boards saw women. Today we're talking about Annie Armstrong. Born July 11th, 1850, her father was John Dunn Armstrong, who ran a tobacco shop. Her mother was Mary Elizabeth Armstrong, and her family was well known in the Baptist denomination. Her great-great-grandfather was Henry Satter, who founded the first Baptist church in Maryland. Annie was born in Baltimore and grew up living in the row houses in the city of Baltimore. Her mother was involved in the mission movement, and she went to every single mission meeting. She took Annie with her to all of the meetings. Annie could not understand her parents' commitment to missions or to the church. She attended church and all of the meetings, but only because her parents made her. She could not understand why it was so important to them. At the age of 19, that everything changed. Annie came to really understand the sacrifice Jesus Christ had made. She came to understand what her sin truly meant and her need of a savior. When Annie called out to Christ, her life changed immediately. She was baptized and then joined a group from her church that went out to start a new church, the Utah Place Baptist Church. Over 100 people started the church and Annie would be an active member of the church for the next 70 years. Annie was now a young adult, a new Christian, and wanted to find her purpose. She was tall, very outspoken, and extremely strong-willed and beautiful. She carried herself with confidence. Her pastor was Richard Fuller. He was a great preacher, and under his teachings, Annie began to feel a great passion for missions. During this time, she met a couple, Sally and Landrum. They were attending school in Baltimore to further their education. They were being mentored by Annie's pastor, Richard Fuller. Under his mentorship, Landrum left the Methodist church and became a Baptist. Sally and Annie became very close friends and would remain best friends until their death. When Sally and Landrum left for China, Annie wondered where God was going to call her. She knew God wanted her to be part of missions. As Sally and Landrum left for the field, Annie would write to them and receive messages from them. She then passed on their messages to other churches, making sure they were able to get their story out to everyone. Soon she received a letter that Sally and Landrum had a baby girl and they named her Annie. The excitement was shattered when she received messages that Annie had died. Then shortly after that, she received word that Landrum had been killed by rebels. Annie was heartbroken for her friend. She wanted to help her friend. 
She wished she could reach out and hold her, but Sally was all the way across the ocean in China. She continued to spread the story of Sally and Landrum, making sure everybody knew their story. As Annie prayed about what God wanted her to do, she prayed God would make her heartbreak for the area God wanted to use her in. And she wondered, where was God going to send her? Was he going to send her across the ocean? God did break her heart for the area God wanted to send her, but it wasn't across the ocean. It was her very own town of Baltimore. She was teaching classes in her church, and she taught children from toddler to age 12, and she would teach that Sunday school class for 50 years. She began to work with immigrants, especially Chinese immigrants. She began helping them and talking with them. She shared stories Sally sent her, and that made a connection with the Chinese immigrants. And she started a Chinese mission right there in her community. She also started a ministry with the Native Americans living in the area. She saw the unfair way they were being treated and began to work in groups to help them. One thing that bothered Annie was a lack of education offered to the children from the tribes. She knew she had to find a way to make sure the children from the tribes had the same educational opportunities as the white children living in the area. She also started working with the home of the Friendless Orphanage in Baltimore. She served on the board of the orphanage for over 20 years. She started the Ladies Bayview Mission, a place to help the underprivileged who were sick and needed help. She had her hands in so many ministries, teaching Native children, helping run an orphanage, starting a Ladies Bayview Mission, and teaching her Sunday school class at church. But that was not all. She was also still communicating with her friends in China. Now, there was also a Martha and Lottie who were in China, and she was taking their messages and making sure everybody was hearing them. In 1880, Annie was elected as the first president of the Women's Baptist Home Missionary Society of Maryland. This was the women's branch of the Southern Baptist Convention. The first thing Annie did was start a school for the children from the Native American tribes. The children now received the same educational options as any other child. The next thing she did was start a ministry for Chinese immigrants. And the third thing she did was raising money for work in New Orleans. Every time Annie became comfortable with her workload, she found a new ministry to add to her workload. And before long, she became the secretary of the Maryland Mission Literature Department. She eventually became the publisher and the distributor of the missions department. In 1888, Annie started the Women Missionary Union, and she worked as their secretary. She worked there until 1906, when she refused to take a salary. One of the things that Annie did was write handwritten letters to all the churches in the Southern Baptist Convention. She would write as many as 80 letters a day, she wrote stories from the mission field and explained the importance of raising money to help the missionaries, especially the ones in China. During her correspondence with Lottie Moon, she planned the Christmas offering. Annie is the one who came up with the idea of giving children bracelets. So when people asked them about the bracelet, they would tell them about the offering. She wanted to empower the children and the women in the church 
and show them how important they were to the work of missions. Money raised almost completely by children and women. That one offering raised enough money to send three missionaries to China. How excited she was to write Lottie, Sally, and Martha about the three missionaries who were soon coming to China. In 1895, Annie heard of a mission agency. The Home Mission Board was $25,000 in debt. They were about to call all their missionaries to come back home because they could not afford to keep supporting them. Annie started a fundraiser to help keep the mission open and raised enough money to take them out of debt and stay open. She called people to spend one week praying and to deny themselves of something that they enjoyed. They would take just one week to pray and fast, and then they would have an offering. That offering raised enough money to keep the mission open, and it became a yearly tradition where the funds would go to help mission work taking place in the United States and Canada. Annie saw that the black community had its own needs and its own organizations. She met with the Negro Baptist Women's Organization for Children. She asked, what could she do to help them? They didn't have the opportunity to print material. Since Annie had a mission work for a publishing house, she offered to print all of their material for them. And she then added that organization to the list of organizations she was serving. Annie began to feel a strong calling to help pastors who wanted to plant churches in United States and Canada. She began raising money designed specifically for planting churches. Her ability to raise money was out of this world. In 1912, Annie heard word that her friend Lottie had died. The tragedy of the situation was that she had starved herself to death while feeding the families around her, and she had died on Christmas Eve. Annie had been running the Christmas offering that her and Lottie had been organizing together, and she'd been running it every Christmas. She began calling the offering the Lottie D. Moon Offering in memory of her friend. In 1914, World War I broke out. Throughout the war, while many people shifted their focus from missions to the war effort, Annie felt her focus on raising money for mission funds. The war ended four years later in 1918, and Annie continued to raise money for mission work throughout the war. Fifteen years later, the Great Depression crushed America. The organizations Annie had started or helped fund were used to help families through the years of that Great Depression. The Depression ended in 1940, but one year before that, in 1938, Annie died at the age of 88. She had single-handedly changed the way money was raised for missions. Her fundraising has sent many missionaries to China, had funded schools for native children, had run orphanages, had started missionary hospitals for underprivileged families, had begun ministries for Chinese immigrants. And while doing all of that, she'd been a secretary for the Women's Missionary Union, Missions Literary Department, and published materials for the Negro Baptist Women's Organization. And on top of all of that, she had handwritten over 18,000 fundraiser letters. After she died, they continued that annual prayer and fasting offering 
and they named it the Annie Armstrong Offering. And as of today, that offering has raised over $2.6 billion for church planting in Canada and America. In our last episode, we talked about the Lottie Moon Offering. That offering takes place at Christmas and that money goes towards helping missionaries oversee. The Annie Armstrong Offering is held every year at Easter and that money helps missions work in America and Canada. These four women that we talked about in our last four episodes were strong-willed, confident women who were not afraid to stand up for themselves and were not afraid to preach the gospel of Christ. As Christian women, we have to know about the women who've gone before us. And that is why studying church history is so important. I'm Laura Lee Stevens, and if you want to see more blogs, watch some videos, and learn more about my ministry, you can go to lauraleesiemens.com. <laughs>